Hello and welcome to Success Stories with Kendra Hall, the podcast where we sit down with the brightest stars and boldest thought leaders as they share their stories so you can create your own success story. I am your host, Kendra Hall. And I don't know about you, but I just love in life when a story comes full circle, when you make decisions that maybe other people doubt or question or make slight comments that imply maybe you shouldn't be making that decision, but you listen to your gut, you take the next step forward, you keep doing that, and 10 years later, you have a full circle moment. This story is for anyone who enjoys the unique kind of satisfaction that comes with a happy ending in the face of naysayers. Let's get to the story. Today's success story is Megan Tamty. Megan is the co-founder and co-CEO of EverE, the Minnesota-based fashion and styling company with nearly 100 locations all across the U.S., Started in 2004, EverEve and its fashion subscription company, Trendsend, have built brands focused on a target market of moms and career women and built a business that has managed to grow its profits every year. Named by Fast Company Magazine as one of its most creative people in business, Megan started it all with her own shopping story, a moment that inspired her to reimagine the retail experience. Megan, welcome to Success. I'm so excited to hear your story. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, I feel like we should start, you and I go back, uh, we go back longer actually than what you know. I'll never forget my first ever Eve experience. I was in Wyzetta, Minnesota. I was there with a couple of uh, college girlfriends and we were walking down the street and they said, oh my goodness, have you ever seen this store ever Eve? I'd never heard of it and they're like you're gonna love it and we walked in and I can still picture exactly how it was set up and it was it was a dangerous experience mm. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> because I have never wanted everything before like I was pulling jackets off the shelf shirts jeans and the women I, I think that was the thing that stood out the most to me the women who were working there mm -hmm. were so kind and open you know when you look at someone and you just see this open friendly face um yeah. so i remember i remember checking out and just saying to them just don't because i had piles piles of things I, was, I just loved it all i couldn't say no and i said just don't even tell me what it all don't even tell me what it all is. <laughs> it was so good um and i haven't regretted that uh shopping trip since but then you and I, through Twists of Fate, ended up spending a little bit of time together, and I've always loved your story, Megan. So thank oh. you for being here. Thank you. So as I read in your intro, I want that's where I want to start, is at the very beginning. Because I'm sure, right, Megan, you always thought that this is what you'd be doing. You'd be running a nationwide huge profit year over year company. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Yes, this was, this, was, this was what you were destined to do forever. Tell us the story of how it all began. Yeah, well, the story was I actually thought I was, I was a third grade teacher from stay-at-home mom and was at the point in my life where I was ready to start a family and have lots of kids and live my dream of becoming a mom. And after my first daughter was born, I, um, about three months after she was born, I went shopping because I was kind of in this funk um, and really wanted fashion again and wanted to feel good about myself again. Wanted to feel more like a woman and less like a mom. 
I've been there. And so I went shopping at a store and it ended up, you know, having a really bad experience that left me crying in a dressing room, looking at myself, wondering if I mattered anymore, um, wondering if I, you know, was worth, worth the, you know, getting new clothes and um, just really doubting myself and just not in a good spot. And after that, um, you know, kind of crying for a moment, my daughter started crying. She was three months. She started, we both started crying and sweating in the dressing room. I think I was sweating really a lot. I remember that. Um, I left that dressing room and literally like walked back to my car. And it was on that, it was, it was, I stopped crying and I started reimagining what that experience could have looked like. I started like redreaming what that experience could look like. And really it was on the drive home that I took that really hard experience and created this brand, the Every Brand, um, from that moment. Like in the car driving home from the mall, I just, I reimagined a different experience for women like me. Now, did you have, ex did you have experience, previous experience in fashion? I know you said you were a third grade teacher. Like yes, yes. Well, I had always loved fashion. Um, I was raised in the suburbs of Chicago where people cared a lot about fashion. And so I was always around fashion and always like, just, I'm an observer of people and of trends and always was very curious about, um, stores and clothing and very well educated. Um, could not af necessarily afford a lot of fashion when I was, you know, younger, but I always had my eye on it and could care deeply about it. Um, so I always loved fashion. But I think even more importantly, I really, I've always been an entrepreneur. Mm. I, I've always liked to sell things. I've always liked to, um, you know, create brands, create businesses. When I was in fifth grade, I created a business selling. I would run around the playground and take pictures of the cute boys and like on my Kodak disc camera. And I would sell, like go get them developed and a couple weeks later, bring the pictures back and then sell them to the girls. What? So I could buy guest jeans, which were like the fashionable jeans that my family couldn't afford yeah. in, when I was in fifth grade. So I really, like, as I reflect on my life, um, I would, you know, I knew I, I wanted to be a teacher um, and I even do that in my job, but I think more importantly, I, I really think I was, I had hints of entrepreneurialism in me from a very young age. Yeah, I, I love those. And I, I, I don't think that's uncommon. I think as any of us who are entrepreneurs were to trace back, you would see those, you would see those glimmers of entrepreneurship. Right. Now, did right. you ever, so as you have this idea in the car, did you ever doubt that you could I mean because teacher and entrepreneur did you ever doubt that you could run a like start a real not taking pictures oh. of cute boys on the playground but yeah. <laughs> start a real business did you doubt you know, that? oh yeah I, I you know so my story is that I dreamed this company up and really dreamed about it without ever thinking it would be a reality for about five years so it, it really was, yeah so like five years of dreaming 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 and in my head creating this company. I would talk to my husband about it. I gave it a name. You know, I would, I would talk to my friends about it. It really became this dream that I talked about all the time, but I never really thought it would happen because I was, 
a third grade teacher and I was a stay-at-home mom and I was about, I was starting my family. Like it, I just dreamed about it, but didn't think it would happen um, for five years. And then really about five years into this dreaming, um, basically I just hit a, a point in my life where all I can say is like, it became very clear um, couple things were happening that made it very clear that this dream inside of me needed to be born. And that if I didn't pay attention to it, I was, my body was letting me know something's wrong. You need to pay attention. And that that's so fascinating. Yeah. And so that's when I really slowed down and started to, um, listen and, you know, for me, get up in the morning and pray and listen and think. And, and I really, I was kind of what I think I was doing was, um, you know, dealing with some of the fears that I had and try, you know, just kind of thinking about it and praying about it and being like, oh my gosh, this, this reality sounds so scary because I'm not trained in this. So, um, but, but what did help me Kendra was I had read a book that said really did a lot of reflect, invited me to do a lot of reflection on who I was as a, as a fifth grader. And that's actually when I realized that I remembered that I was the girl that created businesses on the playground that would sell things so I could buy fashion. That for me, when I put all those pieces together, that actually was the moment where I was like, huh, like maybe, maybe there's more to my story than I know, you know? I, I think that is, you know, my, one of my stories was listening to someone, you know, an expert. It was actually a success interview as Donnie Deutsch. And some the interviewers said, you know, how do you pursue your passion? All these people want to pursue their passion. How do you do it? And he said, think back to what you loved doing as a kid. Yes. I and do that. Yes. So what an interesting, and then to put those layers together, not only that as a kid, you started these small businesses, which I want to know if you can think of any other of the small businesses. I want to know what those were. Babysitting. I did babysitting. I had like this, like I'll, I'll, I went around and got no cards that said, I'll, I'll cut the price in half for babysitting. (laughs) So I would like go door to door and like give them my cards. They had hearts on them. Like they had pastel hearts. It was like Megan Tansy, half price babysitting. Oh, Oh, I love it. I love it. So tell me one of those, because I think, you know, as, as the listeners, as the readers of success, I'm sure that there are many of them sitting at that crossroads right now of the person that they thought they were, the person they thought they should be, the person that they had the training for. What were one of those moments? I know you said you did a lot of reading, a lot of praying. Was there a moment when you were like, this is, I'm going to do this. Can you remember? Like, was there one specific time? Yeah, and there okay. was, and it's super cheesy. And it's, it's kind of this epic moment where, cause I think every entrepreneur at some point you have to stop dreaming and take action, right? Like you have to, like I had been dreaming for five or six years. And then at some point you come to this crossroads, like, am I going to do it? And then there is a moment where you were like, rise, right? Well, yeah. I had in this point in my life, I had, um, been falling victim to watching a lot of reality TV at night. I had by this time now, this is like from that, that moment I was in the the dressing room to like six years later, right. I've been dreaming about this brand. I had another child. My son, Ryan came along. I'm a mom happy. And I was like living to get those kids into bed at night. So I could lay on the couch and watch reality television. 
And so that's what my life was. Like I was a happy mom during the day, but I was like, okay, kids in bed, seven o'clock. And I would go and watch, you name it. I watched it. It was the era of American Idol, um, Survivor, Big Brother. And that's what I was doing those evenings. And it's super cheesy, but I have to tell it because it's true. Um, It was season two of American Idol. Mm. And it was Ruben Stutter versus. Oh, that's right. That was Ruben Stutter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I was. It was like I was like laying on the couch, like, oh, this is the best night ever. Like it's the finale of you know the kids are in bed. I was like, Mike, don't talk to me. Mom is spring. It's spring. Yeah. All right. And I remember um, Ruben won, and there was some song that came on, and like the confetti fell. And I remember sitting there at that moment, and I remember thinking to myself, I was thinking about all the people at that moment whose dreams were coming true. I remember thinking about like the person that made the confetti. I remember thinking about the makeup, you know, like whoever did the makeup or the costumes. I thought about, you know, the producers of the TV commercials for that show. I mean, I thought about all the different people, not just like Clay and Ruben and whatever, like Simon Cowell. Like I thought about all the layers of people that were like part of that moment. And then I thought about myself laying on a couch watching it happen. And I had this moment in my head and it was like, you are just watching other people's dreams come true. Mm. Like you are, you are, you are not living your dream because you're watching other people's dreams come true. So I turned off, I went cold turkey on the TV and decided at that night, I like literally it's super cheesy because I got up and I like turned the TV off. And my husband had been really encouraging me to write my dreams on a piece of paper. And he was like, why don't you use that time? And why don't you pour all your dreams onto a piece of paper? And so that's what I did instead of watching TV that night, you know, from like seven to nine or seven to 10, I used that time and I just poured out all the dreams for the store that I had for six years. I, I, I just wrote it on paper and poured it out. And my husband, um, Mike, who is my business partner, he had said to me, um, and I remember asking him, like, even the stupid ones, like, some of them are really dumb. And he was like, even the dumb ones just read it all out, all of them. (laughs) And so that was really, I think for me, turning the TV off and is, is, was really um, a huge, and using that time to create versus consume Mm. was really important. And even now, I mean, we're in COVID, you know, we're in, yeah, um, COVID times, and we're all trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out, like, like what do I do with my time? Because I spent a lot of time traveling and listening and learning and going into stores and you know observing the world, so I could drive this company forward and and lead this company. And I'm always telling myself, like, okay, you can consume or you can create, mm. like, like create, create, create. Like I'm, oh, that's always going in my head, and I think about that time. Um, when I created this brand because I chose not to just consume content all the time. Well, and I do know, you know, when this, when this is released, I mean, who knows, who knows when we'll be on the other side of the pandemic or what that will even look like. But I know for myself, there was a period at the beginning and and throughout the course where it was a lot of consumption and not a lot of creating. And Mm so and that those are going to be hard habits to break. So if you're listening to this conversation right now, and, and the other thing that I, I love about that story that you just shared is these moments of clarity come 
at the most unexpected times. I mean, Ruben Stutter, right. who knew? I wasn't even Kelly. Right. <laughs> and don't you think they come? I was telling my husband this yesterday because we are, I mean, this is hard. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic, leading an apparel company through a pandemic. This is hard times. I mean, hard times for the world, hard times for everybody, right? Our hearts are broken and we're trying to lead this company. But I do, I, I told my husband yesterday, I said, when I was leading, like when I created Evereve, like it was, a, it was born out of a really hard time. Like mm -hmm. I was in a dressing room crying. Yes. I was like, I was not feeling good about my, I was not feel. it was when I was feeling the weakest yes. that I created this brand. So I'm often reminding myself that like some, like I, I think beauty is often created in really, really hard times. So yeah. if we create, right? Yep. And turn off and just take take action. So if you hear that little calling, if you have one of those moments and you're like, oh, it can't possibly happen while I'm watching Tiger King, it very well could. Like, turn right. it off. <laughs> like, never, keep your heart open, right? Exactly. Keep it open. So, so Megan, let me ask you. So you, you went from starting, it was one store, two stores. Now you have this huge mm -hmm. nationwide brand, which I'm excited about. The first store opened um, in New Jersey, which is right across the water from me, so I can go back into a store. Okay. Was there a moment along the journey? And I know like there's so, there's so many pieces and how long, I mean, it's been years now. Was there a moment, I'm sure there were several moments where maybe you walked into a store or you, you met one of your team members or something happened and you were like, yes, this dream has come true. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. this, this dream has come true. Tell me, yeah. tell me about that. What did that look like? You know, funny thing, it was early and it was in the beginning, more so in the beginning when I was getting the first door up and running and I had such a vision of what I wanted this experience to be like. And it would be in those moments when I'd be in the store and like the whole dream, like I would just feel like the buzz of people in the store and like, like when, when I could feel the vision alive, like, and be like, I can't believe like, like this is real. This is happening. That vision has come to life. Those, those are the moments when, and, and now I think now what I find amazing and I'm, I love is when I am in stores and even as a big company, when I hear like our leaders and our managers and they know the vision so well and they make it come alive and i'm like i can't believe this really happened like i can't believe this is still happening like they know what the dream was now 22 years ago was the dream they are making it come alive still to this day and that's that's super fun i love that because it all started with that dream and um those are the times when i'm definitely like this is amazing yeah. They're, they're doing what I, why I took a risk and started this company. Yeah. Um, they I understand it. Well, and we talked about this before it was recorded, but now it's so much bigger than you. This is, mm -hmm. you are the livelihood for, mm -hmm. you know, families all across the country. Yep. Yep. That's, you take that very seriously when you um, employ, you know, we employ over 2000 employees, 99% of them are women and this is their livelihood. This is, the, the, they've poured their hearts into this, their jobs. And um, it, it is that you take it very seriously, right? When people yeah. trust you and trust your leadership and trust the brand you're creating and, and commit their hearts to it. Like yeah. that's a big deal. I take that very seriously. 
Well, and you can feel it anytime I anytime I go in. Even when I don't go in, I can just feel it online. I know we do have the they're best so people, good. don't so they're we? They're the best people. They're the <laughs> you best. Yeah, a lot people. of the vision was to make fashion feel warm. I felt that fashion was not my experience in fashion was not that it was a warm experience. Mm -hmm. I always wanted fashion, but it was like the vehicle for delivering fashion was never warm. It was always kind of like cold. Chilly. Yeah. And chilly, you know, like not nice. And so a big part of the vision was just to make, you know, the fashion a warm place. Not, yeah. not a cold, chilly place. And, and that's what I think you've experienced. Every time, even in Minnesota, <laughs> even in Minnesota where it all began and it still is yeah. very chilly. Okay, so I have another question for you. Um, it can all look so easy, right? I read all of those incredible accolades, all of the success that you've had. Um, and, and it looks really obvious. Like, of course she's doing this. And of course, ever even transcend exists. Was there ever a moment that maybe we wouldn't think about on the journey, either early on or partway through or two weeks ago, where you did doubt, doubt yourself, doubt that like your, your abilities, or maybe it was somebody who, maybe there was a naysayer somewhere along the way. What was there Mm-hmm. For all the people that are like, because you see that, right? You're like, oh, it was an overnight success. And they don't hear all of the the small yeah. spots along the way, the doubt that you have to overcome. I'd love to hear if you have more. Yeah, I mean, there's so much doubt and there still is doubt. I think there's always, I'm always battling doubt. Every day I'm battling doubt. Um, you know, in the beginning, there was so much doubt. You know, so much of me is my my mind and, and my self-talk to myself. And in the beginning, there was a lot of doubt, like, you don't know what you're doing and how dare you try to do this. You know, a lot of those mind games went on. And um, I really learned how to, that voice in my head um, is a, compa- like to turn it into a compassionate voice and not like mm. a, so uh, there was a lot of, um, you know, I remember walking into the store the first years, like just doubting myself. And then my, the louder voice would be a more compassionate voice. Like, I'm proud of you. And um you are doing something that um, is new and like, I just, mm. you know, I, I feel like that voice in my head became less doubt and more compassionate, but it took a lot of time to get there. Right. Cause I was yeah. so fearful in the very beginning. So um, yeah, I think there, I, you know, the other, so, so there was that the early entrepreneurial, like, Oh my gosh, I'm showing up to open up a store and I've never done this before. And then as I became a more experienced leader, I would say, and, and it worked, you know, the success, it worked and the dream came alive and it was driving performance and sales results. And, and we were opening more stores and getting more employees. I, I think I had another funk maybe like seven years later after that initial, you know, where it was like, um, leading a company, like, like it went for like, how you like, how dare you, like, can you really lead these people? Like, are you really a CEO? Like a lot of that stuff kind of kicked in. Interesting. Um, and so I think I went from doubting myself as like a shopkeeper to like a leader, right? And what what's always worked for me, and this is what I think I'm good at. <laughs> um, I found that for me, being who I am, like the best shopkeeper, the best leader is someone who shows up every day and is, and knows who she is and, 
and is very much um, excited about what she's doing, but also shows up as herself. Mm. So that's how I really kind of, I remember telling myself when I used to doubt, you know, the leader, like just show up and be you. Like, like that's the best, like that's working for me, right? Like just show up. You don't have to pretend to be a CEO. You don't have to pretend to be a shopkeeper because all these things are new for you. So just show up every day and be you, you know, and that, I, it sounds simple, but for me, I was always trying to fit into something that maybe I thought I should be instead of just embracing who I am. Mm. And so that journey of just embracing who I am and showing up every day as, as me has been very, very, that's been a very important part of my story. Do you remember one of those, because I, I think that a lot of people as they start and they're it's a it's a one woman show or for you it was you and yeah. mike it was kofi and and it is it's keeping the shop open it's being the entrepreneur it's this and then that transition into being the leader it's not the day-to-day -day stuff right. do you remember a time one of those moments where you were like oh i did it i'm i'm the ceo i i addressed my people like was there an event where you, where you were like i did it i'm i'm the leader that i'm supposed to be um, I think when we, we sold part of our company to, um, to investors, you know, Gordon Siegel, the co-founder, co, -founder, co uh, you know, okay, I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you my moment. I want to know. It. Um, I got it. Okay. So we, after this is, oh no, I can hear my dog barking. Well, I mean, this is life right now. You okay. can, my so, kids are going to walk in any minute, so you're fine. This is, this is, you'll like this because you're a storyteller, right? Yes, that's why we're Okay, <laughs> so in that funky time of my life when I was a mom and I was home, um, dreaming about Eve, you know, not thinking I could ever do it, watching reality TV, I got a job at Crate and Barrel, a part-time job at Crate and Barrel, mm. and worked at Crate and Barrel on Tuesdays and Thursday nights and on Saturdays, pretty much because I was kind of in a funk. And I was like, I had this dream inside, but I was like, I don't know, I was in a funk. So I just needed to get out of the house, right? New mom, young kids. So I worked at Crate and Barrel um, two, two, for two years in that time. Okay, so now you know that. Mm -hmm. So then we start this company, get off the couch, create the brand, um, and we get it going for 10 years. We build this brand and the dream comes true. It delivers sales results. We hit our goals. We open stores. We build this brand, right? Um, 10 years into it, we decide, Mike and I, we put all of our, obviously all of our money into building this brand. We decided it was time to sell part of the company so we could take some chips off the table because we put everything into it. And um, one of the investors, just by coincidence, not because my it was the co-founder and co-CEO of um, Crate and Barrel. Not because I knew him, because I didn't know him. <laughs> you, he wasn't in the store every day with you. Like, yeah, he wasn't in the okay. store. It wasn't because I like worked, you know, and you know. So he, um, we were introduced by a private equity company met us, and they felt like, oh my gosh, you seem like the same spirit of Gordon and Carol Siegel, the founders of Crate and Barrel. We need you need to meet Gordon. He's gonna love you. So we met Gordon. Um, the CEO of Crate, founder and CEO of Crate and Barrel, and we met him, and we flew to Chicago, met him, and he and his wife ended up investing into Ever Eve, and then you know sitting on our board and becoming a mentor. So this is this is my epic moment. 
So during that courtship with him, he came out one day from Chicago to Minneapolis to come tour the stores with us before he invested. And when he was here, um, we were driving him back to the airport and he was like, oh, I want to go to Crate and Barrel. I want to walk to Crate and Barrel and go into Crate and Barrel because they had the team. And so I was like, my husband was driving the car. I was like, okay, Gordon, we'll go to the Crate and Barrel in Edina, which is the town I live. So my husband like pulled off the road on the way to the airport and we went, he dropped Gordon and I off at Crate and Barrel. And so Gordon and I, like, it's a big, beautiful crate. Gordon and I together walk through Crate and Barrel. And so I will tell you, like, for me, like, my, like, I got to, like, it was an out-of-body experience yeah. because I thought to myself, Megan, only 10 years earlier were you working part-time at Crate and Barrel. And part of my journey of working at Crate and Barrel was to, um, to kind of start living again. Like I became a mom and I was like, you know, yeah. like on the couch, like it was part of this like rising for yeah. me. So in listening to my heart and saying something's not right inside, like what's going on? Why are you crying? Why are you watching TV? Like, why are you in this funk? And part of my living was getting that job at Crate and Barrel. Part of my living to myself as a woman was like, well, you need to go on Tuesday nights and leave this house and leave the kids with your husband and go, you know, work at Crate and Barrel. So for me, it was like, it just was this beautiful affirmation wow. of like, I was so proud of myself for like, yes. for, for, for even as a mom, you know, I love my kids dearly, but for even just getting that part-time job, listening, people thought, I remember people thought like how silly it was. I worked at Crate and Barrel, this part-time job. And I remember thinking all those people that kind of wondered, you know, why is she working at Crate and Barrel? Like, I feel like that was a moment of like, you know what, Megan, you listen, listen, you listen to your heart. You didn't care what anybody else said. You listen to your heart for what you need as a mom, as a woman for yourself. And you have the, you had the courage to do it. And part of that was getting that job. So walking through like, and yeah. being like, oh my gosh, like we sold this company that we created 10 years earlier to part of it, to the founder of Crate and Barrel, where I, like that whole moment was like, and wow. it was one of the, I, I that was my moment. Like yeah. that was my moment of like, okay, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yes. I have goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, I can just picture it. I can just picture walking through the door and whether that was the store that you worked at or not, like walking through the doors and realizing, yeah. wait, I used to do this and go to the back room and clock in. Yeah. And now I'm, I With mean. With the co-founder who just, who invested in Who just invested in and believes in um, it. And that was really, yeah, that was my moment. That's where my body, like, I just was like, oh my gosh, this happened. So, well, and yeah. the thing that I love about this, and I think it's so important to remember is when you are listening to your heart. And I know that you, I know that ever Eve, it's a very heart centered mm -hmm. business, which mm -hmm. I think is the reason that we, we talked about being in, in, uh, these pandemic times and, and you'll come out on the other side of this. Like you, you will be through, you will get through on the other side of this. Listening to your heart. It doesn't mean that it always makes sense. Never. It doesn't mean that Never. I'm going to work at Crate and it's okay to say to the naysayers or to just not talk to them at all. Those people that are kind of like, okay, I don't it really never make sense. Right? Like just, it doesn't, you just have to do it. You do and have I, to do what's right. Yeah. And that breaks my heart. I, I think, you know, when, when people, I see so many people that feel like, well, following my heart, it all has to work out. It all has to make sense. It all mm -hmm. has to, and I'm like, 
that has not been my story. <laughs> like, nothing about, yeah. nothing about your fo follow your art ever makes sense, right? There's always some, you know, like people might be like, what is she, that it never makes sense. So yeah. I love that, I agree. Until you're on the other side and then yeah. it then couldn't like, make more sense. You were like, oh, I get it now. Sometimes you yeah. have to wait for 10 years. You to have, have that to wait. Cool moment. <laughs> That's yeah, isn't it amazing? You kind of have to like, I always, my dad always said to me, you know, if you take the leap of faith, like the right people will step in. Mm -hmm. And it is for me, that's been really, you know, you got to take that leap of faith. So Megan, let me ask you, what do you think is, as we wrap up here, what do you think is next for your story? What do we have to look forward to Ooh, from you, from Avery? Well, I've had a lot of time to think about it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, at least you're not watching. I mean, you can't watch them. Well, that you could watch them. Well, I think Insta stories are the new reality TV. Yeah, like everybody so watching, yeah. you know, all that, which is so fun. And you got to be in the business. I got to stay, you know, stay on culture and understand things, but I do find myself saying, okay, now it's time to like cut it off and go create. You know, I don't know. I've, I've been doing a lot of reflection again. And here's the thing that, you know, I'm 46 and I'm still thinking back to that question, who you were, like, who was I as a child? And I'm still learning things. Like I'm still, that's what's so great is like, I remembered that I was this entrepreneur, this fashionista, and I'm remembering things like, oh my gosh, you really always love to decorate your room and your like my room was really important and I had like, I, I wanted my room as a kid designed a certain way. Um, I love like art class, like the smell of art class would make me excited, although I never thought of myself as an artist. Um, I, I've learned a couple things in terms of Ever Eve. I am a product person. Like I love product. I love fashion and clothing and I love product. Um, so just continuing to evolve that, whether that means exploring different kinds of stores. Um, you know, there's, we've had lots of conversations about like, okay, so like we have a clothing store, would there yeah, ever yeah. be this kind of store or this kind of store? Because I watch all that and I'm a product person. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, I love um, the store experience. We are, we are absolutely, um, in the belief that women love stores, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that not everybody wants to shop online. Mm -mm. I'm a store shopper. I love, sh I like, I love stores. So that's, I'm, that's becoming even clearer. Mm -hmm. And our digital business is doing great and it's fabulous, but we also, I, I like stores. So I actually, yeah. we're dreaming about opening up others. I mean, it sounds crazy because it's this like, is you know, this so is the time for crazy. This is the time for crazy, <laughs> so we're, Megan. We're actually like driving up new store concepts. Yeah. Um, so that's really fun. And um, yeah, so those are a couple things that are that are going down right now that we're creating. I've created, you know, on this break, I've created a whole new brand. Ugh. I like where this yeah. is going. <laughs> so we, we, but hopefully we don't have to wait 10 years to catch up. I don't up know. Yeah, right. what that is. <laughs> like, I have a little more courage. I have a little more experience. Okay, I have okay. a team. Okay. So I think we can do it pretty quick. <laughs> good, good. Okay. One last question, Megan. And this one's tough and I feel bad asking you this without having prepped you for this. Oh gosh. I know because usually when I've been on podcasts, mm -hmm. they say, this is the question that I always ask yeah. at the end, but yeah. Who is someone whose story inspired you and they may not know it, 
Oh, and they may not know it. Hmm. Oh, for sure it would be the woman who I looked up to as a mom hmm. when I had my daughter, Allison, who is now 22, but um, she was the little girl that I was, the baby I was shopping with on that day. I had a neighbor and I've never, like, you would think like she would know this. Yeah. Um, I think it makes her uncomfortable. <laughs> like, cause she's super humble and like, you That's know, okay. but okay. she was a neighbor that I looked up to, um, as I was trying to figure out the kind of mom I wanted to be. And, you know, like, and I, I really liked the way she took care of her, her family and herself. She, I, she loved her family fiercely, but she also took care of and nurtured herself. So she would, we were living in California at the time, my husband and I, and I would, she was my neighbor and she had two little boys, little babies, like 16 months apart. And I had a little baby and I would look out the window and she was the woman that she would go surfing every morning mm. um, before her kids got up. She would put her surfboard on top of her. We were like in Santa Cruz, California, um, in top of her VW bus and she would go surfing. And I just remember looking at her and thinking, because I was raised in the suburbs of Chicago, there weren't moms, like the moms in the suburbs of Chicago were not surfing in the morning. Right, right. And I remember thinking like, that's a cool mom. Like she has these two little babies at home and she is still like getting out in the ocean and surfing. And I just remember like, that was kind of the, what inspired the, the company was like, I wanted to be, it was sort of my story of, figuring out how to nurture myself um, and take care of myself and my dreams so that I could be the best, strongest mom for my children. And she really showed, she showed me what that looked like. She, she would go on date nights with her husband. She put lipstick on and she would like, <laughs> the small you know, things, she was, right? like yeah, she yeah. cared about how she looked, yeah. you know, she like was, would be put together. And, and that was sort of like, wow, you're the mom I want to be. Someone who mm. loves your family fiercely, but also pays close attention to your spirit and your soul and takes care of herself. Oh, I love that you, and I love that you watched that and recognized that, but didn't think that it meant that you had to go surfing, right? right. So, like you could right. do it for your, <laughs> you could take her story and make it work for right. yourself. And, and for me, that that kind of translate into this dream that I had mm -hmm. to start this company. Like, you know, so yeah, I, I love that. That doesn't mean you have to go be like every other mom, but it is like, what do you need to feel good, to feel strong? I mean, we all have to, as, as moms, as women, we have, as leaders. I mean, mm -hmm. the interesting thing, the story that I was learning as a mom, even during this COVID crisis, like I'm like, Megan, actually your health, and your mental health, yeah. your well-being matters. It's not selfish to take a break, to rest. It's not like you need to, I, I have a team I have to lead. Like it's mm -hmm. like being a mom. It's like, I need to feel good mm -hmm. so I can lead this team. And so I just think that's a leadership principle. It's like, you got to take care of yourself so you can take care of your team. So put the mask and on, not that any of us are. Put the mask on, get the oxygen. Planes anytime, so yeah, you need to get the oxygen. Right, yeah, and so many people don't understand that. Right, um, until it's, it's hard. too late. It's yeah. hard, because, yeah. yeah. So. Megan, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. This is wonderful. Now, let me ask, where can where can we find you? Where well, And where can we yeah. find Ever Eve? 
Yeah, Evereve. I mean, we are on Instagram, Evereve.com um, is where you can shop. You can look up our stores across the country. We have stores from Boston to Washington State, all across the country. So mm. you can find those stores at Evereve.com. Um, we're on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I'm a social CEO and proud of it. Yeah. Um, so I can engage that way with our audience. So, yeah. uh, well, I could talk to you for hours and we have done that before. Uh, hopefully we'll do it again sometime. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you. Stories. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.